everybody. Welcome to the Fast God Stuff Podcast, where we make biblical theology simple, practical, and fun so that we can love God and others more. I'm Conrad, and my favorite TV show of all time is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I'm Jesse, and I haven't shaved since August 2015. Uh, That's gross. We're just two guys (laughs) trying to follow Jesus, hanging out in the show with our Bibles and guitars. We take just 30 minutes Fast. to chat about a theological topic God. and renew our minds with the good things of Christ. Stuff. It's Fast God Stuff! So what are we talking about today, Conrad? Well, today we're going over what is my ministry? Two, three, four, what is my ministry? What is my ministry? Oh, what is my So a lot of us really want to be obedient to God and minister, but many of us have no idea how to go out doing that. So today we're going to go over what is my ministry and how do I figure out what my own personal ministry is. I love this. So what is the ministry of the Christian? Okay, so first we need to define what is ministry. So let's define that first. So remember, Christ summed up all the commands in the Bible down to love God and love others when he answered what is the greatest commandment in Matthew 22. Right on. So he basically said all the other commands in Scripture are summed up in these two commandments. So God's will for your life is to love God and love others. That's it. But what does that mean in a practical sense? So we need to define these two terms, love God and love others. So we define loving God as praise, thanks, and obedience. And we define loving others as serving others' spiritual and physical needs. So loving others' side of God's will is what we call service or ministry. So in in fact, the the term ministry usually has so much baggage associated with it that it's probably just helpful to not even use that term today and and replace the term ministry with service. Right. So really, if you think about it, we're here to do two things, worship and service. So the worship side is the praise and thanks. And then the service is the obedience side, the loving others side of things. So loving others, serving others' spiritual and physical needs, it's really a daunting command and is super, super general. But God gives us further instructions on how he delegates who serves who. So like, in essence, God has established like a corporation where he's the CEO, there's directors and managers, but um, everyone has been uh, tasked with certain markets or responsibilities and priorities so that we're not like trying to all serve the same function. So that's, you know, like the body of Christ. Right, right on. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I'm hope, hopefully I'm not the middle finger. Because <laughs> I'm really like sarcastic and mean, but that's probably not one of the fruit of the spirit is sarcasm. The middle finger of the body of Christ. Yeah, I'm just, what if you were? What if I was? Anyway. Well, so I, well, here's an even more scary thought. What if you're thinking about your own local body of Christ and you can't identify the middle finger? It's you. Yeah. Like I was actually sitting in church one day and I was like, what if I'm the middle finger? <laughs> like it came into my head. So, so anyway, so God delegated certain markets, certain people to you to serve more than other people. Uh, and he gives us this priority list in scripture. So your number one service priority, do you know what it is? Tell me, Conrad, what is my number one service priority? It's if you're married, it's your spouse. So in Ephesians 5, it says, uh, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So this one flesh thing is the important part. No one has uh, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and take care of their own body, just as Christ does the church. So your spouse is your other half. So imagine like your spouse is your left side. If your left side was hurting, well, then you would be hurting. So basically, that's the, the your number one priority is you slash your spouse. So that's easy enough to put that on the, at the top of the list. 
The second uh, thing on the list is explained in 1 Timothy 5.8, which says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So two things to notice in this thing. First, you must provide for your own household first and then your extended family. And after that, uh, so what does this really mean? It means really just, you know, get a job and provide for their spiritual needs. The second part of this voice, uh, this verse that we uh, can kind of look at is, it says if you don't provide for your family, it says you have denied the faith, which showing us that the term faith assumes service for the physical needs of others. So right. really, your first ministry is your family. And that's the thing, I think that the thing that people like miss a lot, they jump right over that and they think ministry is the church and, you know, like how to be involved in church. Um, but actually, the church and all that stuff is the next point. So in Galatians 6.10, it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of the believers. So the church is next. And then after that, are the needy, like John, First uh, John 3.17 says, but if anyone has the world's good, goods, yet sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does love, God's love abide in him? Notice this verse is equating providing for the physical needs with showing God's love. And then after that, uh, after um, the needy is everyone else. So it goes spouse, um, immediate family, your kids, and then extended family, believers, needy, then everyone else. So what's the application in all this? So the application really is your family is your first ministry, and you need to devote the majority of your time and resources to your family. So, and we define um, serving their spiritual needs as teaching them God's word. And not only that, but teaching them to live like Christ in all of like life, school, sports, and especially during trials and tribulations, so that in those times, they can praise and give thanks and obey God more. Then you serve their physical needs by really just by getting a job and providing for food, shelter, clothing, health, and emotional needs. And you manage the remaining time and resources to the church needy and others. Right on. I love that. We're having some church up in here. Yeah, that's hopefully what we're doing. So it sounds, <laughs> what is the point of this podcast? <laughs> so basically, it sounds like you're saying, if your ministry doesn't work at home, it just doesn't work. You can't circumvent your responsibilities right. that God has given you, because that's a really firm warning, like worse than an unbeliever, yeah. have denied the faith. Like, how many people would say, like, because... I'm not taking care of the spiritual and physical needs of my family that I would automatically say I'm an unbeliever. Right. That's wild. Yeah. And that's that it just goes to show what God's practical uh, definition of love is. So it, you know, Amen. yeah, a lot of people just think love is just giving somebody emotion. Right. No, it's actually serving them. And this whole worship and service thing. Oh, now it starts to, it starts to make sense where, oh, there's a worship side of, life and there's the service side and service is just ministry. Oh, and guess what? God instituted the family for a reason to delegate all these responsibilities amongst all, all the believers. And to give us, like you said, a very specific, practical, like we, how good is God to be so practical to us, but to give us like a, a outlet that we can see to exercise our faith and obedience and love. That's where he says, this is where you can show your love. No right. questions asked. Yep. And so here's my 15 second fast God stuff summary. It is God's will that you love others through service by providing for other spiritual and physical needs. God uses the institution of marriage to delegate these service responsibilities to make sure everyone is covered. Your priority of ministry is first your spouse, then kids, then extended family, then believers, then needy, then others. Write it down, people. Awesome. Do it. So, Jesse, what about you? So, sometimes I think we mistakenly view 
some professions as more spiritual than others. And I think the reason we do this is because we see that some people's jobs require them to actually do spiritual things like pastors and missionaries. So we set up, at least in our minds, this really false dichotomy, like, well, that's the higher work because they're really serving the church and getting paid to Mm -hmm. do so. And I'm doing, you know, maybe a lesser type of lower work where I work in an office. And the problem with this is that is a difference without distinction. That's totally unbiblical because we know that God's error rate with making human beings is 0% mm-hmm. straight up. So when the psalmist says that I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, I've been knitted together in my, in my womb by God himself. We understand that God is making the entirety of who we are, which, which includes like the things that we enjoy, the things that we have turned a mind for. So in other words, it's not like God created all these amazing people, and especially you and I, and then set them into the world and was like, oh my gosh, I meant for all these people to be missionaries and pastors. And now yeah. they like architecture and engineering yeah. and accounting and marketing. Um, because when we think that way, we're actually inadvertently robbing God of his sovereignty, his control, his deliberate making of us. And that's a huge problem. And this is because God is the first cause of all types of work. Mm-hmm. So in other words, he's the OG, like the original Uh, like chemist. He's the original marketer. He's the original artist. And so when we exhibit those things, we do so to his glory because he is the one that starts them all. He gives the gifting of all that stuff. So we need to realize that the best way that we can do to do God's ministry is to do the work that he has already made us for and to be proud of that and to do it well. So here's what's interesting is uh, this is what Peter says in his book, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. In other words, what's God's done, what God has done is taken the priest out of the temple and put him everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's, he's decentralized. He's made us all priests so that we can go and spread that mercy wherever we live and work and have our being. So our professional careers are in fact doing God's work. We understand them in this way. So God is big enough that everything should give him glory if we mean it to. Right. And also like Adam was made to be essentially a farmer. And it's just like, well, farming has nothing to do with, you know, preaching or anything like that. It's just providing for the needs of others and, and the needs of himself and of others. So it's the same thing with anyone else's job. It's like, if you're like, you know, a website designer or whatever, uh, janitor and or pizza delivery guy, it, all you're doing is you're providing for your family. So that in itself is, in God's economy, is a ministry. So if that's your, if that's your goal, it's to provide for your family, well then fine, you can do really whatever as long as it's, you know, not sinful. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, so I think that's kind of where people kind of lose sight of it too. It's like, you're showing up for your job, not because you're, you think, you know, janitorial work or pizza delivery is this amazing thing that's gonna um, change the world, but you're keeping your family alive, which is changing the world. And Absolutely. if they're alive, then they can go out and help others love God more, which is the greatest commandment. Exactly. So what, yeah, what's, what's your application in all this? So here's the practical application. You should first consider what people in your sphere of influence need to be blessed by your good work and the fruit of the Spirit. So no matter what your job is, for example, if you're delivering pizza, which one? Pizza is delicious. So we yeah. need somebody to bring it to us. That's an act of service. But the second is thing is, think about the people you interact with that you get to interact with by way of doing pizza delivery service. So your boss, mm-hmm. your other customers, right. it, it should be the case that every employer would want to say, 
all I want to hire are Christians because they are a blessing to me and to my workplace. Mm-hmm. That there's something different and special about that. And it's sadly, that's often not the case. So think about the people in your work that you get access to because of what you do and how you can change their lives by living out, loving others. Second is read this book called Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity by Tim Challies. It's $4 on Kindle. Wow, awesome. You should just go out right now, stop what you're doing and buy it, because it'll give you a better sense of the, the theology of work and how there is no separation between work and ministry, how all work is holy, that God has made it that way because he is the original creative artist and we bring him glory when we invest ourselves in the diversity of the tasks that he's made us to do. And also labor is actually one of the three institutions that God instituted before the fall. So it's not like we work because we sin. No, God created us to work. So here's the 15 second fast God stuff summary. Human beings are the most satisfied in their work when they approach their labor with creative dexterity. And our jobs are calling in life through which we serve God's creative work by doing that which he has uniquely made us for. And that is ministry. That's a beautiful scale in G. <laughs> what a solo. So Conrad, what else? What are other things that we need to think about when we're talking about the Christian and ministry? So since God's priority list for your service has your family at the top, let's go over what that looks like. So number one, providing for serving their spiritual needs. Who is, Jesse, who is the only one who could fill their spiritual needs? I'm going to go with God. Ah, and you would be right. So really all this means is that you're trying to get them to love God more, which is the greatest commandment. So remember, we define loving God as praise, thanks, and obedience. So we have to make sure that our family is in God's word through devotions, Bible study, church, small groups, etc. Because really, the more you know about God, the more you can praise and give thanks and obey him. However, that's actually the easy part. The harder part is to get them to give praise, thanks, and obedience in everyday life, especially when things are really tough. So you better be ready with your theology and so you can explain the reasons for stuff like suffering when they get sick or they fail a test or get made fun of at school. So this is essentially where you teach them how to do this by your example. So if you worry and complain over everything, you are in essence teaching them how they should react to trials. So let's say your car breaks down and you flip out or even just grumble or complain. You are teaching your kids, your family, that they can't trust in things like Romans 8.28 when it says all things work together for the good of them that love God. And you're teaching them to disobey the command in everything give thanks. You are teaching them also not to have the fruit of the Spirit. So that's the spiritual side of things. On the physical uh, needs side of loving your family, this is pretty easy. This is really just essentially just getting a job. Or like if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're basically just managing the household to make the uh, dollars go further. So the problem is most people don't see their job as a ministry, so it's easy to get annoyed at your boss, your job, and stuff like that. Exactly. All the stuff that we were um, talking about before. So really, you're not doing any of this stuff for you, your, your job for you. You're not even doing your job for your kids or your spouse. You're doing it out of love and obedience to God. So loving God is always the number one command. So in other words, we're always students, we're always teachers, and every day is a school day. Right. Yeah. And you, you, most of the time, you don't even know that your kids are watching you and, you know, they're just going to do what you're right. doing. And if you're not plugged into the source, just like if you're trying to exercise, but you don't eat, you have no actually, haven't given your body any energy, you're not going to actually be able to act out that which you were made for. So to the point of you need to be in the scriptures, you need to be understanding something about that so that you can actually go out and apply that into your life. Yeah. And your, your spouse and your kids need to see that you're in the scriptures and you need to be setting the example like that. Okay. So what's the application in all this? The application is to get your family to love God more, you have to get to know God more. So know, your, know the Bible, know theology, 
know how and why God does things. I, I, uh, my two favorite websites that I always go to is Ligonier.org, that's R.C. Sproul's website, and DesiringGod.org, that's John Piper's website. So good. Yeah, so I like those so two good. for personal study, and of course, personal devotions is really the absolute minimum. So we have to put that stuff into practice. And uh, secondly, our mouth should really be a stream of praise, thankfulness, encouragement, and love. You have to set the example for your kids uh, and spouse, and you need to be able to communicate that love, that love of God, even in the worst of times. So like, number one, here's the practical thing. Don't complain ever. Instead, give thanks for something like, you know, First Thessalonians uh, 5.18 says, and everything give thanks. The second thing is to identify the fruit of the Spirit that God is growing you in you or your family member in any of these trials and help them to focus on God's plan of sanctification, which is really just God's work of making them more like Christ. Stop complaining. Exactly. And especially on Facebook, you, you don't want to be one of those Christians that just complains all the time. And then all these non-Christians see how much faith these Christians actually put in their God. So here's a 15 second fast God stuff summary. Loving others is mainly getting others to love God. They can't do that if they're dead. So you must provide for their <laughs> physical needs, which you should do with thankfulness. But ministry starts in your own life because what you know about God and how you live your life is how you teach your family how to love God more. So every day, seek to know God more through study and be more like Christ by not complaining and by growing the fruit of the Spirit that you're missing. Your ministry starts with you being more like Christ. Awesome. <laughs> Awkward moment in the studio. Okay, so just yes. Conrad and I making eye contact. Well, what do we do now? I was very moved after the make sure your family stays alive and help them love God better. Yeah. It's such it's, good advice. It's, it's poetry, isn't it? It's, it's poetry. Your poetry, theological poetry coming out of the mouth of Conrad. Okay, so what is your second segment here? So speaking about examples, Conrad, who is our ultimate example in matters of faith in life? Um, Christ? You are correct. Ah, I got it right. We're, what, we're batting a thousand today. So speaking of that example, we learn a lot from Jesus about what it means to be in ministry or to do work, as we've been talking about. And the first thing that we learn is that God's redemptive act in becoming incarnate through Jesus demonstrates that salvation is not an escape from creation, but it's actually restoration and a fulfillment of it. Mm -hmm. So what that means is the Christian life is not one where we escape from ordinary things, but it's actually a calling to ordinary things. So just like we've been talking about, maybe we could summarize that by saying something like, we're called to live in an extraordinary way, but do ordinary things. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what God has created us to do. So we need to live as we are called, live in the situation, in the place that you're at, wherever you live, whatever work you do. And if you do that well to God's glory, then you are in fact doing ministry. You are doing God's work. This is what Paul says to the church in Corinth, because they were tremendously confused about this thing. They were asking the exact question. They were like, Paul, we're totally down with this Christianity thing. We're having a great time. We're accepting the Lord. We love this stuff, but we're all doing different things. Like professionally, we're mm -hmm. all in different areas of life. Like we have different responsibilities. So do we have to give all that stuff up? What do we do about it? And this is what he says. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bond servant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom and avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who is called in the Lord as a bond servant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when he was called is also free. You were bought with a price. Do not become a bondservant of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. So this wonderful freedom that God is saying, do ordinary things well, do them with love, 
I think Mother Teresa said, like, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And really, because if you're thinking about um, what obedience is and what service is, is really just trying to get other people to love God more. Well, you have to be able to do that by interacting with people. And whenever you're at your job, you're interacting with people. So exactly. you can just think of your job as a ministry field. And those are the people that you're trying to get uh, to love God more. So this is in some ways, the first thing that we can do practically is exercise a paradigm shift in our mind. We need to start thinking about our work like that. Yeah. So that when we get up in the morning, we're praying not only that we would not complain, but that we would see our jobs as a real gift that the Lord has given us to interact with everybody. Um, this is why Paul also says in 1 Corinthians, so whether you eat or you drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Right. So it's amazing that we can glorify God, which is doing his work, which is worship, by merely like eating and drinking, which seem like the most mundane things we can possibly mm -hmm. think of, that we hardly give any attention to those things, but they're true and super important. Yeah, and th this really just brings up, it's not just people at your job, it's whoever you're interacting with. Because this, this is, uh, you're, you're basically setting the example, like if you go to work and you complain about stuff, and they know that you're a Christian, well, they're, they're basically learning their theology from you going, oh, that's what Christians believe. Well, I don't need to do anything different because I complain too. Right. So it's like, it's just like how I went over, like, you know, you're setting the example for your, your spouse and your kids. You're also setting the example for your coworkers and it's whatever you do. So even when you guys go, go to the gym, that's your, that's again, your ministry field. And especially when you're talking about something like the gym and you're working out and things are tough, man, that is a great, that is one of the it's best. proving place. ground. Yeah. It's one of the best places to be encouraging. So when you're there or at or work, work or wherever, don't be competitive because right. that whole com competition thing really is just a pride thing, which is an anti-humility thing. Now you're not thinking about showing love to them, uh, getting them to love God and encouraging them. Now you're thinking about yourself. Right. And don't leave your machine sweaty. Yeah. Like I'm just saying, wipe stuff down. Like even little stuff like that shows like a courteousness, shows that the person who is going to use it after you or the person with whom you're interacting is somebody that was actually made by God. Yeah. And that that person is tremendously important. So I would say the best practical thing we do is think about all these little things, like be deliberate. Think about how the little things that you do, what they teach, because this is why we are all priests, because as just as you said, Conrad, we're all teaching somebody something every minute of the day, which is why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. That should be the chain of command. And because all these people are, you know, you're trying to get the, them to love God more. It's not like you have to witness to them and do all this stuff. A lot of it is just going to be building a relationship with them showing love in just a camaraderie and just doing good work and they're, you know, and encouraging them and doing all this stuff. And then, you know, maybe that, that conversation will open up later, but to have that conversation happen, you have to build a relationship with them. So even if you're going to the gym and you know, you'll, you're, you're going to see the same people all the time, or if you're going to work, you're, you're going to see the same, same people every day. So you just need to build a relationship with them. And then over lunch and whatever, they bring something up, oh, I'm having this hard time at work or whatever, or at home. And then if the opportunity arises, you know, use wisdom on like, okay, well, is this a good opportunity? Should I say something? How should I say it? Right. So don't try to run or escape from the ordinary for some sake of ministry. Instead, we need to like embrace ourselves and just dive right into it and respect that that's what God has done. He's made it holy for us. Yeah. So every single person that got, that you have a relationship with is a ministry field. That's your harvest. That's basically when it says, love your neighbor. Well, you can't love somebody that's on the other side of the world that you have no con in, uh, that you're not in contact with. But anybody that you do have that you are in contact with often, well, that's your neighbor, and that's why that's how you can show love to them. Yeah, get out in the field, plant some corn. 
Make some ministry of small talk. Talk to your neighbors. Show them a little bit of love. Shovel their sidewalks. Clear their car. Whatever it is to do. But those little things are in many ways the big things of what it means to work for God. So here's the 15-second fast God stuff summary. The call to follow Christ leads not to any religious vocation where we remove ourselves from daily life, but instead it transforms the attitude and understanding that we have of the situation in which we already find ourselves. Doing God's work is effectively stewarding your gifts, talents, time, and energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. So beautiful. Yeah. I went down the scale that time instead of up. I felt the difference. I like to switch it up here. (laughs) So what did you learn today, Conrad, about Christian ministry? Well, what I learned from you today, um, I really like your perspective of of just work and how people kind of introduce this false dichotomy of higher work and lower work. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just like the pastor's work is more important than the janitor's work from God's perspective. It's, but, you know, just thinking of it from the body of Christ, well, the pastor wouldn't be able to do any of his job unless if there were accountants and there was like an architect, there was all this other stuff. So every, everyone just needs to figure out where they fit into the body of Christ. And even before that, just not even just the body of Christ, you just have to know that what you're um, just with ministry, you just need to be providing for your family. So if the only job that's around is pizza delivery, well, then that's what you're going to do. You know, it doesn't matter what you're gifted with if that's the only opportunity. So just because God has gifted you with, let's say, marketing skills, and then you lose your marketing job, well, the, the, the job that you really have is providing for your family. So you just get the pizza delivery job if that's the only one available. And then if something opens up that's more your field, then great, then that can kind of fit into your whatever thing better, but you should always be providing for your family. And there, this diversity of all the stuff that God has given us to do, like he's made this world with lots of amazing things that need to be done. That leads me to praise God more. So like when I go to the dentist, I actually think I am so glad that somebody wants to put their hands in people's mouths yeah. all day long <laughs> and clean their teeth because I couldn't do it. I don't want to do that. And I have no passion for it, but how good of God that he's given somebody a passion to do it and to do it well. I'm stoked about that. Yeah. And so what did you learn from me? So one of the things that I really loved about what you said, Conrad, besides everything, was this hierarchy that you gave us, you explained for us, that God shows us is the right way to think about loving others, that we do have an actual responsibility and we should take seriously, especially if you're married, the spousal role, the children, and then the church. And we need to be okay. Like that gives us freedom to understand Mm -hmm. where responsibilities lie and to prioritize that time appropriately. Because we live in an age where there's like no priorities and it's like awesome. Like it makes you look super important if you can claim how busy you are. And this flies exactly in the face of that saying, here's how you can love God and others better. Here's how you can take care of your family. And the scripture gives for us this really like wonderful outline of how to do that. And again, this is one of those things where it's not hard for us to understand. It's maybe that it's hard to put into place and we just haven't given enough effort yet. So I'm really inspired to give that a go, jump on that this week. So to wrap this whole thing up, what is ministry? Ministry is loving others. It is serving others' spiritual and physical needs so that they can, in turn, love God more. We do this in a practical sense by getting a job, which also means we can glorify God at your job by doing good work and by building relationships and by obeying God's command to provide for your family. Ministry also means learning more about God and teaching others proper worship, not just by our words, but also by our actions. 
Our first ministry is our family. After that, we figure out where we fit into the body of Christ in order to minister to other believers, the needy, and everyone else. Well, Conrad, that is all the time that we have for today. Make sure you subscribe and rate the Fast God Stuff podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you like to podcast. Also, check out FastGodStuff.com for all kinds of content that will make you want to order pizza. Until next time, love God. Love others. That's that's it. it. Two, three, four. See you next time.